all the right notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the right notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the right notes available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the right notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. You want the best, you got the best. The best little wrestling podcast in the business. All episodes on www.stspod.club. Do you enjoy all the shows here on stspod.club? Well, cash app us at dollar sign BTSTS. Do you not have the app? Download it and get $5 by using the code dollar sign btsts that's dollar sign btsts Welcome back to the record store. And it is, as you know, we are at the end of Rocktober. This is the final episode of Rocktober. So we wanted to do something very special for Rocktober, especially for the last episode. So we've invited none other than my good friend and producer, Brian Trammell. Some circles he's known as Pat Trammell, but we're calling him Brian Trammell tonight. So we're having another guest appearance on the record store. So after the successful Joe Feeney one a couple weeks ago, now we got Brian sitting in for tonight's episode. So for this album. So welcome, Brian. I'm excited. With you being in the driver's seat, it's a little a little different because yeah. I just I always send you notes. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to do that. Uh, kind of behind the scenes. That's what we do. And this is something you do by yourself most of the time. Uh, yeah. Let you pick the album. We'll let them know that, that you picked the album. And I want to say something to you that I'm highly impressed with what we did. This is a wrestling podcast, uh, and we decided when right after you got the book done that we're going to do a re- the record store. We're going to do a music podcast along every you know two times a month, whatever. Uh, and then when it came, I, w- I always wanted to say Rocktober. So last mm-hmm. year we did Rocktober with the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, Ricky Morton and the Rock and Roll Express. And then I said, no, we got, you know, we got the record store now. So we got to have Rocktober. We got to do it. And I'm impressed with the numbers. Last year was 
crazy numbers. So if right. we even get close, it'll be good. Uh, but but yeah, we we also not we stspod.club's not only wrestling now. It, yeah, expanding podcast. Expanding so doing other subjects. So and before we forget, we want to thank our house band, the Hummus Store. That was the Hummus Store oh, that our music I love those intro. Guys. I love They're those guys. amazing. I've seen them open for Depeche Mode a number of times. So so in talking to you Wait, about I music, seen them, before you go any further, I seen those guys one time in uh, Rector, Arkansas, right Rector, when they first got Rector, one of my yeah, favorite yeah. cities Rector. in America is Rector. Yeah, so Rector, I've been to Rector Arkansas, a number Rector. of times. Uh, so, so me and Steve Crawford, we was there. We was in college, and we went to see them. Uh, fantastic. We knew there were going to be something big even back then. So yeah, just amazing prediction on your part. So I have to ask before we get into the album: um, Do our tastes overlap? We don't usually. You and I don't talk a ton about music, but do our tastes overlap? You tend to be more heavy and not metal. I do. Per se, but I harder did, rock. Yeah. I think. Yeah, there's some artists that me and you go together, and I guess it's one of those things where it's kind of our age. So there's there's that thing like the Tom Petty's, the mm-hmm. uh, the Fleetwood Mac. Me and you can't say enough good things about Tom Petty or Fleetwood Mac. The two of our favorites. And, and if I was on a deserted island, if I just listened to albums for those two artists, I'd be all right. Um, but I do now listen to more. You know, I don't know. I, I guess it's a heavier rock. Yeah. Uh, and I still, I still love grunge. I love that, that, uh, you know, Velvet Revolver, uh, you know, uh, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, uh, Nirvana. We talked about, uh, I've been listening to Slash, Slash's band. Um, yeah. him and Miles Kennedy, they did a, uh, something on YouTube if people want to just, I get into those times where I'll listen and I also like the old stuff like the Eagles mm-hmm. and Leonard Skinner and stuff like that but I don't buy a lot of music and it I want to tell you the reason I don't buy a lot of music is at one time when I was uh uh down on my luck didn't have any money <laughs> broke completely broke I sold my CD collection mm-hmm. and it was uh over a thousand CDs and wow. I sold it and it so since then, I never yeah. collected anything. So it was just one of those things where I'm, you know, I got X amount of money for it. Uh, see you later, bye. And you know, I'd collected this guy, that guy, and everybody. So it was just, yeah, it's, things like that'll make you. I don't listen to music as much as you do, but yeah. I, you know, and I don't, I don't think I listen to it as much as I did when I was a kid. That's one of those things I, I don't listen to. It. I'd watch wrestling as much as I did as a kid, but I don't yeah. think I listen to music as much as I did. I mean, and plus, for one, I mean, it's just finding the time, but also, right now, you don't have to buy music at all. I mean, you can just download everything. So, I mean, I'm still the guy who has to collect the CDs, and I want the physical copies of things. I mean, for better or worse, that's me, and I'm that guy. So, the album that we pulled this time, uh, again, the theme for Rocktober is all albums from this year, 2021. So I'm going to hold it up. It's already on the screen if you're watching, but it's Candlebox, and the name of the album is called Wolves. I had no idea this album was coming out. I literally was at Rolling Stone buying some stuff. It came out in September. I was at Rolling Stone, and I happened to see it in the new releases. I saw it, and I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even know Candlebox had an album coming out, so I was really excited about it. So the album cover, if you're looking at it, uh, it looks like a Rorschach test to me. It looks like boring ink blots. It doesn't look like anything special. It's supposed to be a wolf, obviously. So the other couple interesting notes about it before we talk about the songs, it was released by Pavement Entertainment, and it has the release or it has the uh, address of Pavement Entertainment on the CD. 
there in Chicago. So I'm like, why? It, it literally has the exact street address of where this company released the album. So I'm thinking I'm going to go up there at some point. I'm going to go to Pavement Entertainment and knock on their door and say, hey, look, we've done a couple episodes on Candlebox. Can I get an interview with sure, Kevin? Sure, sure. Why not? Yeah. Why yeah, not? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I have their address. I'm going to go there and bug them. So I'll stalk them. So the thank yous, we always talk about the thank yous on the album. They thanked somebody named Lorna Dune David. And it just made me hungry because I love those cookies. So, but mostly otherwise, it was mostly family, you know, members that they were thanking. Right, Kevin right. Martin is Kevin Martin's the singer on the uh, with Candlebox. He's the only original member. He's been with them since the very beginning. So my question is, does it remain Candlebox when everybody else is different except the singer is the same guy? And I always think about the Beach Boys because there's nobody in the Beach Boys anymore <laughs> that is still an original Beach Boy Wilson brother. So. Can they still call themselves? It's the same day I mentioned Leonard Skinner. You know, Leonard Skinner, no original members. Uh, uh, yeah. Marshall Tucker Band. I don't know if you're familiar with the Marshall Tucker Band, yeah. but my uh, my father in law uh, wouldn't go see them because it wasn't none of the original members. It was nobody right. really for the Marshall Tucker Band. So it's like a glorified cover band at that. It point, is. It really sense, is. You know? But it is the guy. It is the main guy. I'm going to mention something when you get through all this. But it is the main guy that started yep. the band. Uh, yeah. the, one of the other guys that was with it, he has a, a bunch of other projects uh, that he does, but he is the guy. He's the voice of that song, Far Behind, yep. and all those hits from that first album that yep. we like so, so much. One of the guitarists in the band now is named Island Styles, and it made me think that's how I like my wings, you know, Island Styles. <laughs> so Wolves is their seventh album. Uh, it's their first since 2016. Uh, like you mentioned, the band formed in 1990. They took a break from 2000 to 2006. They had these so-called problems with their record company. So they regrouped in 2006. There are, by my count, 11 former members of this band. So there's been the, the massive revolving door that we talk about. Um, one of the few bands that I've never seen. I like these guys. I've liked these guys since the beginning, but I have never seen them. It's always been one thing after another. The location, they weren't playing in the city, so I couldn't get to them. Or bad timing, I had to get up early for work the next day, or for whatever reason, I just have never seen Candlebox. I would love to. I really want to see them. I, I, I believe you, you have. Just jog my memory as I was listening to this. It's, I want to tell you, I've got a bad thing about Candlebox. It, it was a Candlebox in that first album was a huge favorite of my ex-wife. Yep. Uh, oh. So you have that, oh man, I, you just want to kind of right. forget them when you hear the right, song. Right. But we went, we seen them opening for Skid Row in a little bitty place in Memphis, Tennessee. I was like the, I was probably three rows deep, standing room only, but three, everybody was standing up. Uh, and there was a barrier like, mm -hmm. Like this, like there was three or four rows of barrier. We were right there behind the barrier, and we could lean against the barrier. The craziest thing happened during the concert. Some girl with the tightest white shorts you could ever see sat on my hand on the barrier. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, the gentleman I am, you know, oh, I would yeah, not want to remove my hand. I no. mean, she said, you know, so I got in trouble for that that night, my wife. One of the other, you know that you know that painting of the Santa Claus with the big list, you know the Rockefeller yeah. painting. Well, that that was me. The list of things I would fuck up in my first uh, marriage, and that was one of the nights where I wish I could have just dug a hole and left. It wasn't my fault that she had yeah. her, her ass on my. She hands. was drunk. It really it good. Wasn't concert, your fault. So. so, but I know what you're talking about because in college, my arch enemy in college was a huge Beatles fan. And so I forced myself to not like the Beatles because I hated this guy 
Right. And then I came to my senses after college. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? How can I not like the Beatles? How can I not appreciate the Beatles? Just because Mark, who I hated at the time, was a big Beatles fan, you know. So you grow, you outgrow these things. So I'm glad you were able to, you know, let Candlebox forgive them for that. So anyway, you so, mentioned that they had uh, that I found when I was looking through the history was that their second, you know, they had that great success with the first yeah. album. The second album didn't do so well. But the funny thing is, the second album they went into the studio and they did. 36 new songs yeah. uh, as the follow-up. So you, you think to yourself, you did 36 songs. I think the album ended up with 11 or 10. What about all those other songs? Maybe if you would have come up with one of those, you would have had continued to have success. I yeah. think part of this, and you might mention it, was that that sound that they had was kind of dying at the time. So yeah. by the time they got to their second, third album, we weren't into the grunge, into the, you know, into those bands. Yep. So this album, Wolves, 11 tracks, 52 minutes, had the lyrics. I was really happy about that. But no pictures of the band on the inside. It opens up to the stupid wolf. You know, you can see more of the wolf on the inside. And the back cover is a couple of wolves. And they look like Rorschach tests. I would have liked to have seen some pictures of the band. But anyway, so that is talking about the album. So as we do on Record Store, we're going to talk about the songs one by one. So we start off with a song called All right, Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a couple of notes. You were talking okay. about them live. So I had to say this, let you know. I, on YouTube, there's a one from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. In mm -hmm. August, they started this tour for this. They had that big wolf in the background. And here's mm -hmm. what's really funny. They went... In August, they were in Louisville, Kentucky, and then there's another one. You're going to hate yourself when I say this. From the House of Blues in Chicago yep. in September. And the funny thing is, the lead singer, he starts out in August with his hair really long. Uh -huh. And by the time they get to September, he's already cut almost every bit of it off and put it in a little bitty man bun. Uh, but I listened to both of those concerts. They're pretty much the same concert. Nice. Uh, but they end both of them. The, uh, they end both of those with Far Behind. They sound so good. They still yeah. sound really good. It's a hard – it's like a uh, bootleg concert also. So anybody wants to search uh, search for those ones, that, like I said, Louisville, Kentucky, one is in Chicago. Yeah, I'm Where's gonna look the house for that. Is it House of Blues is or? no, it's really close. It's right downtown. Oh, it was that was a night that I couldn't get out. I mean, it was a night oh, okay. that I had other plans, so I couldn't go. But yeah, it killed me because yes, it is literally about three miles from home. It's really oh, close. That so sucks. It, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've seen numerous shows there, and it's a great venue, especially for a band like that. You have great a great vantage point wherever you're at, so it's a great place. So, but sadly, it was just a night that wasn't meant to be for me to get to a show. So, all right. So talking about the album here at the record store, it is Wolves. First song is called All Downhill From Here. A very bluesy start to the song. It immediately grabbed me. Sounded very autobiographical. He's talking about his life oh, in yeah. a band, playing in bars, drinking too much. You know, I thought the All Downhill From Here got the album off to a great start. There was a really good guitar solo on top of just a really catchy hook. Um, like I said, a really like a great blues beat to it. And Kevin Martin's trademark voice. I mean, he started swearing right away. So he got the swearing started right away in the very first song on this album. So all downhill from here, I thought was a great start to the album. I agree. I mean, it was one of those songs where in reality he was saying, we've done a lot of touring. We're, we're still doing it. This is what I got out of the song is uh, it, it's our last towns. And maybe, you know, down the road, you'll see us at Joe's Barbecue. You, you could you. see us there, uh, but we're still having fun and we're still enjoying ourselves. Yep. So. 
So, all right, second song is called Let Me Down Easy. More swearing, immediately more swearing in this song. So a very catchy song, very heavy bass on this, a very bass-reliant song. Uh, seems like the story of a guy who knows that he's a drunken screw-up, but his woman is also a drunken screw-up. So he <laughs> hopes that they both can survive this. So very good song, uh, total rocker, two for two. Starts off the album with another really good song, Let Me Down Easy. I liked it a lot in the second spot. I did too. At the very front, and this may be way out of your. I know you listen to a lot of music, but have you listened to the band Jackal? I've heard of them, but they're not, a southern not, rock band. At the yeah. very front, the guitar at the very front, guitar as we say in the south, uh, really reminded me of Jackal. I rewound a couple times, and then the part of it, time flies. They say, "I choose your ride. I choose to stray." Hope you. Let me down easy. That's what he says. But when he says that, he it sounds just like Ozzy. I'm like, dude, did you decide I want to sing these two verses like mm -hmm. Ozzy Osbourne? But I like this song too. The first two songs just boom, boom, boom. You're like, this yep. is going to be a really good CD. So, yep. All right, third song. One of the highlights for me on this album, "Riptide," is the name of the song. It's a piano ballad. Just a beautiful song. It just, you know, what it reminded me of is when the hair the hair bands of the 80s and 90s would do a ballad, like a poison would do Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Right, right, Cinderella right. Yeah. would do you Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. Even like any of those hair bands that would do a ballad, I thought this is what that sounds like to me. It was just so good. And I think that these guys should be millionaires based on this song being played at weddings and stuff. You know, basically this song is about him losing at life. He's drowning in his troubles when he found her and she saved him. You know, honest to God, I get goosebumps listening to the song. I'm listening to it over and over again. I'm getting goosebumps and chills listening to the song. Should be a number one hit. Riptide is just an amazing song. Again, they should be rich. If there's any justice, this is a typical lighters swaying in the concert, you know, just a beautiful song, a beautiful ballad caught me way off guard for these guys because you do not think of them as doing ballads. But, but not only did they do a ballad, but they knocked it out of the park. I thought Riptide, just an amazing song. I can't say enough about this song. I agree. It, it was one of those things where you're, you're listening to it and you're thinking, what I was getting out of it is the idea that, you know, I'm at the end of my life and now I finally found somebody that has saved me. And I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. And like you said, that's a that's a wedding song if I've totally. ever heard, of one, especially yeah. from a somebody that's uh, fucked up with the three or four weddings before that. And boom! <laughs> and at this point, at this very point, with the first three the first three songs, and haven't listened to Candlebox since you know the first a little bit, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, the first I thought to myself, man, this is awesome. It sounds like old stuff. This is the kind mm -hmm. of stuff I like and then tell me about song number four song number four is called sunshine it's a melodic start you know and i thought here i thought coming out of this ballad this major power ballad i thought it would be a rocker coming out of this song but it was more of a melodic start had a very groovy guitar to it uh sounded more like a candlebox song than riptide riptide totally did not sound like them sounded like such a ballad but this had more of a candlebox sound I actually got kind of a Dick Dale guitar sound out of this. The Dick Dale from like Pulp Fiction and the Quentin Tarantino always uses Dick Dale songs in his soundtrack. So a very droning sound, but it hooked me. Um, it sounded like a blow off to an ex-lover. And it didn't sound like, you know, it sounded, there's a lot of autobiographical stuff on this album. It sounded like a blow off to an ex-lover, not so much a band member, 
because he talks about the sparkling blue eyes. So not that there's anything wrong, but I think that he's talking about an ex-lover here. So I like Sunshine. I know you're about to rip it from the sound of it, but I thought uh, I'm not okay. going to rip it. I just, I just say I, it was not it, to me. There's going to be four songs on this album that I don't, I don't like. I'm just mm-hmm. not a fan of four, four out of eleven. And Sunshine was the first one that I said, "What just happened?" <laughs> There's three really good songs, and then we get this song, and I was just like, "What just happened?" You know, that's the way I felt. All right, interesting. So, all right, we're at the halfway point, so we're going to flip the album. We're going to pay, pay some sponsors, and we'll be right back with side two of Wolves by Candlebox with our special guest, Pat Trammell. Come back. This episode is also brought to you by SpunkLoop.com. Remember when you're getting funky like a monkey, if you know what I mean, use Spunky. That's right. Go to www.SpunkLoop.com and tell them STS Pod sent you. Right Notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the Right Notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the right notes available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the right notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. Our Uber Eats code Eats Dash Brian T two four seven nine O U E. That's Eat Dash Brian T two four seven nine zero U E. Use that code and get twenty dollars off a twenty five dollar order. Are you enjoying the episode? Well, cash app us. That's right. Dollar sign B T S T S. You don't have Cash App? Download it and get $5. That's right, $5. That's dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. Dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. All right. Thank you to our sponsors. We are back from break. Uh, appreciate that. Be sure. This is the final episode of Rocktober, so be sure you guys are retweeting this. Be sure you are sharing this. Be sure you are telling the all your friends. Final episode of all time? What? No, ro- only of Rocktober. Relax. We still oh, got, oh, we've yeah. been doing oh, this. Right. We've been doing this all year, so it's been so much fun, and I have so such a blast analyzing these albums. So it's been a great opportunity. So thank you for that. Um, and be sure, like I said, be sure to retweet these. Be sure to share these because you'll be in the running to win the book right here, all the right notes, which you can also order on Amazon. If you are not a winner, you can order it on Amazon. Just look up all the right notes by Lance Levine. uh, And you'll hear all kinds of cool, you'll read all kinds of cool stories in there. And you'll also win a, the record store t-shirt. So you got 
all kinds of cool things you can win. So be sure to share that. So we are back to the album. We're on the fifth track of Wolves with our special guest, Brian Trammell. So I'm afraid now that you've said you didn't like four songs. I, I'm walking on thin ice here. So the fifth song is called My Weakness. Um, this was the single that came out before the album was released. But my question was, is, yeah. where the fuck did the single come out? Because I never heard it. You know, Again, I've talked about it a million times. There's no real rock radio anymore. So I don't know what station would have played this. But they released My Weakness as a single. This song had a total Lifehouse or like a Brian Adams kind of sound to it to me. It was definitely more of a poppy sound to it. Uh, it was a love story between two drug heads. That's how I took it. He sings I about wrote the same thing. I compared lost, uh, his girl to drugs and alcohol. Yep. Lost yeah, Weekends. Yeah. He's singing about pill popping, self-medication, Lost Weekends. What was weird to me is it's an upbeat song. The music is very upbeat, but the lyrics are actually depressing. So I kind of like that just juxtaposition of the depressing lyrics, but with the good poppy sound and song. So, but it was a weird choice for a single, especially when you have a song like Riptide on the album. So I don't know what they were thinking in releasing My Weakness. I liked the song in the fact that it was so contradictory, but I didn't see it as a single, especially when, like I said, you got something like Riptide on the album. So yeah, was My Weakness think, on yeah. your list? I understand. No, I actually like this song. I like the, I think more, I felt like it was more like he was saying instead of what, the, what you said in my, I mean, it's the same. Everyone interprets, uh, you know, music. And that's what I love most about listening to uh, the record store is if I listen to the album, you know, actually the, one of the albums that you hated, the album that you did hate, I actually liked a mm -hmm. lot. And it was one of those things where the things that you hear and I hear are two different things. By the lyrics, I think he was almost comparing her to what drugs and alcohol do you like she's the hard stuff uh mm -hmm. she's the pill you pop she's the never-ending uh cyclone she's she's everything i love i like this song i can see cool. why they would release it as a single because it like you said it doesn't really sound like candlebox it sounds like a poppy band to me like live house or yeah. something goo goo dolls would come out with or something like that to me that's what it sounded like and, yeah. and that's one of the reasons i didn't like some of the other songs uh, that i that we'll mention here but i did like this one i did i, I okay. listened to this one two or three times so just yeah. listen to the album. just yeah. an odd choice considering the lyrics oh yeah, yeah. release as the single so anyway all right sixth song is called we just w-e we a mysterious open, I thought, perfect for Halloween. You know, here we are in Halloween season. So it's a very spooky, kind of creepy open to this song. It showed, to me, this song showed the versatility of this band. You know, just a very disturbing song. It was definitely about death. And this time, the music actually fit the lyrics. You know, it was just this creepy sound, creepy lyrics about death. So it kind of builds into this epic sound, which I generally like that kind of, that kind of music. Uh, like meatloaf, that kind of stuff, um, kind of built towards something like that. So I almost got an anti-suicide message from this song. Like there was a lyric, we don't know what it means to love ourselves. So I thought this kind of like an anti-suicide, uh, low self-esteem kind of message in this song. So I enjoyed it because it was something different. It showed a versatile, different side of Candlebox. So I liked We at number six. Yeah, not a fan, not a fan. Just it came off real morbid to me. Uh, yeah. Still, and I kept saying, "Where?" I kept saying, "Where's Candlebox?" During this song, during the whole time I was listening to this song, yeah. uh, even though, like you keep saying about Riptide not really being a Candlebox song, I, this kind of was really 
really too different for me. Not something I. It's it's one of the four. It's number two that that I actually didn't like on. A, Not a on fan. Okay, so you're talking about songs that sound like other bands. Maybe you'll catch it on this one. So number seven, nothing left to lose. So. It's an odd title after what I, like I said, coming out of that last song, which I took to be an anti-suicide song, Nothing Left to Lose doesn't seem like a great follow-up title. But this one, Martin gets every F-bomb out of his system on this song because every other line is an F-bomb on this song. So it's a criminal basically wanting to go go out in a blaze of glory because he's got nothing left to lose, you know? And so he sound, it sounded like pissed off lover boy. This song sounded like oh yeah, I love that. That's a great there's, yeah yeah. It just there, yeah yeah guitar riff. There is yeah. a almost lifted guitar riff from Working for the Weekend that just sped up in this song. So if you go back and listen, I was like killing myself. I'm like, what? That sounds like a Lover Boy riff. I, I got, and I'm not a Lover Boy fan, but I went back and listened to a couple songs to try to figure out what song was I thinking of, and it was Working for the Weekend. So I thought this was a really good rock song. All the gratuitous swearing made it a good rock song for me. And I guess that fits for a two-bit criminal. So I loved Nothing Left to Lose, despite I like the uh, to do. Lover I, Boy I like connection. Chorus. Yeah, I like the feeling that you get. I mean, it's a good rock song. Uh, some of the lyrics are really, you say, what is he doing? He's just making a bunch of war references. Uh, but, but it was really one of those things where, you know, to me, I felt like, well, I'm beat up. And I'm done, but I'm going to do say, I mean, what I got to lose, you know, I'm going to go for it. So I, and I, like I said, I like the course. I really like the course. Good song. song. All the swearing. So just made it entertaining (laughs) for me. So, all right. Eighth song is called Lost Angeline. So the story where she left him and he wants her back, you know, this song to me sounded like his voice sounded like old Candlebox here. This was the song to me that Kevin Martin sounded like the, like, like far beyond or far behind and you and some of the great songs from back in the day from those guys lost Angeline sounded like it. So when I saw the name of the song, I thought it was going to be a metaphor for Los Angeles because it looks like Los Angeles. If you just glance at lost Angeline, it looks like Los Angeles. And I think it was a metaphor for LA. He mentions Tom Petty in the song, an obvious a nod to LA because Tom Petty lived there. Um, he weaves losing Angeline into the music scene in of L.A. Club. So I thought it was a very creative song, creatively written, liked the music a lot. I liked Los Ange- Lost Angeline. See, it's hard to say, Los Angeles, Lost Angeline. So, But I thought it a very creative song, so I really enjoyed it. And the fact that Kevin Martin sounded very much like old Candlebox here. I thought the start of the song, and this was out without even the reference, if you'll go listen to the first maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds a song. I said, man, he's been listening to a lot of Tom Petty. That's what I said. Uh, I agree with you. It sounds like Candle. It sounds like him singing Candlebox. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the guy uh, really, really liked this song. Uh, and the Patreon members will figure out whether this might, this might've been my favorite song. Ooh, so, there you go. Even, I even think we call that a tease in the business. We call that a tease. So, all right. Ninth song is another one of the highlights for me. It's called trip has a very simple minds and you too kind of sound to open this song. So not again, not a candle box, not a traditional candle box sound. Uh, it's a love song about how he's a hard person to wear down, but she finally did it. She wore him down. She melted him. So it's a very upbeat, uplifting song. Another lighters in the air kind of concert song because it's just extremely catchy. Um, I got to say, it's a really beautiful tribute to the woman who tripped him up. It's called Trip. So this woman tripped him up when he didn't expect it. He didn't think he was looking for love and she found him and she wore him down. So 
very good song. I really one of again one of the highlights for me is Trip again showing kind of a softer edge, a softer side of Candlebox. So I really yeah, enjoyed. Totally Trip disagree with you on this. I think it was. I didn't like the song. This is number three of the four. <laughs> I thought it was. It was just so. It was. It was exactly what you said. It was. It's a sappy love song, and yeah. I believe in singing about you and I. I could just see this guy running around. You know, I believe in us singing our song, and I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> ah, shut up, get a room. That's the way I thought about this yeah. song. Just wow. sappy love song. You know. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I'm just not a fan. That was one of that was three or four. There you go. All right. So we know we got one left to go. So I guess I'm <laughs> showing my softer side on this album because the two songs that I like the most are the softer songs that you didn't like. So all right, number 10 is called Don't Count Me Out. Uh seems like it would be about the band because of that song title, you know, Don't Count Me Out. So I'm not sure, but I mean he talks about don't don't count him out. He talks about paying his dues. He talks about you missed us. You know, so all the elements are there is that he's singing again, very autobiographical. This whole album has autobiographical elements. And I think in this song, he's saying, hey, we're Candlebox. We're still here. Look at us. Don't count us out. I thought the song had a great fade, a very slow fade out. It took forever to end the song. Just a very interesting song. I, I liked parsing out the lyrics and thinking, is he talking about, you know, don't count us out, meaning him in a relationship or something? But I do think he was talking about the band. So don't count us out at number 10. I agree with you, but this song, I, I made the note. It felt like they just ran out of lyrics. It's like, oh, <laughs> let's put that. So, you know, that one song we just kept saying, don't count me out, don't count me out. Let's put that one on the album, too. I didn't like this. Is four of the, this is number four of the four. I was not a fan of this song, and it just kept like it was repeating over. It, it reminded me, and I know you, you hate rap music, but that's one of the things about popular music I hate is the constant, just the same words over and over. And, and that, just not a fan of this song. So I thought it was interesting that there's, and I mean, you might be referencing this. There was that long, like minute long stretch to close the song where it's just the instrumental and it just kind of very, very slowly fades down. And they actually do that on the next song too. So it's two songs in a row. They could have mixed up the order a little bit because the, the I thought they end the album well with Criminals. That's the next song we're going to talk about. Um, but they did two songs with the same gimmick where they faded it out very long fade out at the end. So they could have moved that around and they could have mixed those two songs. The, the suicide song and nothing left to lose should not have been back to back either. But anyway, all right. The 11th song, which we know we finished up your four hated songs on the album. That's so right. I like, like this one. Yeah. So yeah. criminals is the 11th and final song. It's a very haunting echoey kind of sound to it. Again, a very traditional candle box sound from the very beginning. Great rhythm guitar, great bass on this song. Uh, he's singing about we're all criminals in our own way. We're broken, dirty animals, basically. Again, yeah. this Kevin Martin dude has some very self-esteem issues, some major self-esteem issues. So I like there's a tempo change in the middle of the song. I like that when it's done and when it's done well. And here I think it was done well. And then they go back to the original tempo towards the end of the song. And again, the very long instrumental finish. So a strong song. Strong. It's a great closer. I, I'm not questioning the fact that this is the closer because I, I do like the way it ends. I don't know that I would have had Don't Count Me Out right before it with that same type of that same style of ending. Loved. I love the way the, the song, it ended the album. I agree with you 100%. Everyone who made that decision, it was perfect. It was perfect to end the album. 
they could have took those other four songs out and I'd listen to the album. But I can always skip them. This album is actually on YouTube. I will give a link in the description. Uh, my producing ass here talking about that. But I will do that. This song was more of that rock and grunge mm-hmm. that I like so much from this band. Uh, and and so this was one of those songs where I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I like when I listen to this and, and to to listen to it and not do as much research as you do. I just want to listen to the music. Mm-hmm. And so this was one of those that I would, re- I listened to four or five times, just like I did Riptide. Uh, mm-hmm. And this could be my favorite. You never know. This could be my favorite. Yeah, uh, and let me tell you what I think overall. And then you can, you can go with what you want to do. I gave yeah. it a thumbs up uh, seven out of the 11 songs I like. So you're, you're talking about a three point something uh, stars. So thumbs up, you know, about 3.2, five stars. Uh, I would, you know, I'm not going to tell people to rush out to to uh, to Rolling Stone and buy the album, uh, but but it is if you like the old Candlebox, there is enough there, I believe, that you can enjoy it. The four songs to me sounded more like, like you said, Lifehouse, Goo Goo Dolls, something mm-hmm. like that. More than even Riptide to me, because of the voice, was just such a good song and mm-hmm. fit on the album. The other four to me didn't feel like it, they fit. Okay, so I will disagree with you in the sense that I love this album from start to finish. I didn't have a single clunker on this album whatsoever. I I liked every song. Usually in an album, you know, people always say if it's a classic album, it can't have any clunkers whatsoever. To me, honestly, this was just majestic. I loved it. For me, I've already said Mammoth, the the uh, Wolfgang album is my favorite album of the year of 2021. This one's right there with it for me. This is right there, a very close number two. I love this album. I thought it was just amazing. I thought it was so much more accessible than Lucy. We did Lucy uh, by Candlebox. It was the second or third album. I forget which one it was, but we did that early on in the record store earlier this year. And that was, this album is so much more accessible than that album. And I just like this so much better. I think the time off did them good. Um, because they haven't released anything in about five, six years. I thought they put together the best songs that they had on their catalog that were available, and they recorded this Wolves. I just wish it would have gotten more airplay, or can still. I mean, it's only like been out for a said, month. Why did we talk about this, and you talk about it on the show all the time, yeah. and we personally complain about this, that that there's there's not, even in my local Memphis area, yeah. they still have Rock 103. Rock 103 plays... Just all the old stuff, no new stuff whatsoever. So you have to you have to search for this stuff. Thank God YouTube put even the band puts their albums out for free, and you you'll get to listen to them. And if there's any indication of the two concerts that I listen to, they're about an hour and a half, an hour and fifteen minutes on stage, and they all they still sound really good. He has a real good voice. Go out, pay some money, and see them. Yep. So highly recommend Wolves by Candlebox. So go out and get that if you're into the uh, the physical getting the CDs or vinyl. Who knows? It's probably on vinyl. But if not, download it, listen to it on YouTube, whatever. Uh, but I, you won't regret it. It's a great, great album. One of the best albums of this year for sure. So anyway, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Share this with your friends. Retweet it. Thank you, Brian, for sitting in with us this time and making it a, a fun show to talk about Candlebox. I appreciate the fact that you did some research and got into it as much as you did. So that was awesome. Uh, thank you, guys. Thanks to our sponsors. Be sure you tell all your friends. We'll be back. Now that Rocktober is wrapping up, we'll be back next month with our regular traditional two episodes in November. It's an odd month from what I'm told. And don't oh, yeah. forget... 
I have fun everywhere I go. Listen to the Patreon. You'll find out what was the best song on the album versus me versus Brian. There might actually be two songs. You never know. So I have fun everywhere I go. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next month. Thanks for joining us again this week, guys, at the record store. Show us some love. Cash app us at dollar sign BTSTS. Or hit us up on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash shootingtheshiznit. You can find me on Twitter at ChocolatierLL or on Facebook at Lance Levine. That's L-E capital V-I-N-E because, you know, I'm classy like that. And you can find all the previous episodes of The Record Store at stspod.club. If you want to check out some other great music podcasts, check out my guy Pat Francis at Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things rock and roll, both new and classic. Or check out Nixology from the mysterious Stephen, all about the career of Stephen Nicks. And if you like to eat as badly as I do, check out my guys Jay and Rick at the I'm Fat podcast for some great food-related laughs every single week. Thanks again for joining us today, guys. And remember, thunder only happens when it's raining, and players only love you when they're playing.